I prefer really not to not to speak. If I speak, I am in in big trouble. In big trouble, and I don't want to be in big trouble. So, so you know, let's let's not take a piss here. I, I certainly wasn't. Well, I think you were, but there you are. I wasn't. Hey, Adrian! Like Rocky. Only with uh, 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 with sex masochism, then it is uh, allowed. Hello and welcome back to the Three Points Podcast. My name is Will Hughes, I'm your host. I'm joined by my two contributors today. First, Jim McElhone. How are you doing, Jim? Very good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Ollie Barton is joining us from uh, Superbia. <laughs> Ollie, how are you? Him. He's on a little, yeah. little yeah, webcam. Very good to see you boys on webcam this evening. Very good. How is uh, Cheapman City? No, yeah, it's good. Good. Very good. Good, good. Well, we've got off to a good start, start which good is good. Start. Yeah. <laughs> right, good start. Uh, lads, football, what are we thinking? We, are, are, we, are we excited about the rest of the season? Because it's been a few weeks since you did one of these. Yeah, I'm excited. Like I was you know, still looking forward to the West Ham game on Sunday, but unfortunately the weather took control. Act of God. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's Liverpool season, but there's still a lot of exciting things to come up. Absolutely, and Ollie. Yeah, I'm just eagerly anticipating Odiona Garlo's debut on Monday night away at Chelsea. We're all buzzing about that one. Big game, big game. Absolutely. Well, I thought that seeing as it's uh, currently the winter break, which do you know what? To be fair, I love the um, way that the winter break has worked in terms of them like doing some of the games on one weekend, some of the games on the other weekend. I'm really glad that they did it that way as opposed to having a weekend off football. I think there's so many things that they get wrong, but they've actually got that right, which is nice. But I think it should. Sorry, uh, it should probably be a bit earlier though, not in February. Yeah, it should have been like straight after New Year. No, I agree. I agree totally. So they still got something wrong. Nice one, lads. Um, right. So seeing as um, it's the winter break, there isn't so much to talk about. I thought we could talk about the Euros today. I mean, it's obviously, Jim, it's something that you're very passionate about. <laughs> um, Just excitement, I- mate. <laughs> just excitement um, and we'll be talking today specifically about the England squad and, and the squad and the starting lineups that we should be seeing in the Euros in all the various countries that the Euros is being played in um, yeah, I'm sure we'll try all and have, come up with a starting 11 yeah we're going to try and come up with a starting 11 um, let's, let, let's I think probably the biggest thing to debate in terms of the England squad is probably the goalkeeping situation or, in, or maybe not even debate because I think we'll probably all agree that Jordan Pickford's a terrible footballer <laughs> and should be working, you know. Um, the red man coming out. Wh- yeah. Wh- where should Jordan Pickford be working? What's his ideal job? What's his ideal he's job? A, well, he's a, he's a B-Tech Joe Hart, so... So he should be... Joe Hart Joe Hart, mate. No Joe Hart. Jordan. Legend. <laughs> all right, well... I think formation first before goalkeeper. We, okay, let's go over the formation. So, go on. Looking then. at your sheet, you've got five at the back, haven't you? Well, three at the back. Yeah. Wing backs. Mm-hmm. It, w- it was quite effective. Be more effective with Trent now, but I think me and Ollie were sort of agreeing on a four-three-three. I mean, going into the tournament, four-three-three definitely. Um, but my idea, obviously, we're going to go on to this now, is when we're picking the squad, and if I was Southgate, is making sure the squads picked on the basis of being able to switch to three at the back when necessary for specific games against specific opponents. So making sure 
we've got some flexibility in the uh, squad choices, so that will be reflected when we go on to who we're picking. Ollie, do you think that's easier? And and this is more a kind of um, a question. It, it, this isn't so specific to England, but do you think for a squad that spends less time playing together and less time? Um, training together do you think that's easier to make that switch between different formations because they're not so ingrained within a certain style of play that it's difficult to switch to another one or do you think it's more difficult because the players don't know each other as well I think it's about picking players who are very intelligent and adept to picking up tactical instructions quickly and applying it on the pitch immediately so Lingard did that last World Cup he never played as like a number 8 for United before but was very very good in that role for England in 2018. I think Carl so Walker I think as well. We'll come on to this in the later discussion, but there's, I think there's certain players who we should be looking at who would do that this year. That's why I think if we do go for like a five at the back, Carl Walker does stand a chance of getting back into the squad again because um, I think he did adapt to that role really well um, in the World Cup. But he's only really played that sort of the other the other week. Um, for City so you know if he can still adapt to that role yeah I think there's been a general kind of move towards that kind of tactical flexibility of a lot of the clubs in the Premier League recently in the last couple of years so most clubs now have at some point in a season played with three at the back or have played the 4-3-3 with like a single all midfielder and with two three number eights so I don't think it's as much of a problem nowadays Okay, so with that in mind, let's go into the team. Let's start with goalkeeper, um, Jim. Who's who's starting for England in goal in the Euros? If you, I mean, it, it, there's a thing here is like, what's your selection, and then what do you think Southgate will do? Yep, um, my selection would be Henderson. I think he's been the most commanding, consistent goalkeeper in the, like this season. Um, Pickford's form is just. It has really gone off the boil. I wouldn't say even just this season. I think the last two seasons he's been a bit shaky. Um, arguably, he's better with his feet than Henderson. Um, I'm not sure what you boys would say with that. But I think shot-stopping-wise, Henderson is definitely better. South, what Southgate will do, I honestly think there is a big chance he'll still stick with Pickford. Just because... I th- he, he had a great uh, World Cup, didn't he? And he's got the experience, which is potentially what Southgate might look at and think, you know what, we'll use him again. I agree with you entirely. I think he'll go for Pickford, but I think it. I think Dean Henderson deserves it every day of the week. What do you think, Ollie? I think he's going to go with Pickford originally, but I'd definitely go with Henderson. So the only obvious kind of criticism you could possibly level at Henderson is whether he's got the ball-playing ability, but... I think that's probably unfair as well because he just plays in a team where he's not required to do it. It doesn't mean he can't do it. Um, I think he can definitely to adapt to that. Yeah, I mean, there's the March friendlies coming up, so he's got to pick Henderson in those games and give him a chance to at least prove that he can play in the kind of system that Southgate wants. Does pick... If he can do that, then there's no reason not to pick him as number one. Does picking Henderson for those games, so, you know, send a big message to pick for that question? Because... It, it might send a good message to Pickford though. It might motivate him more. Yeah. I don't know. No, I agree. I agree. I think... It's like, so we're going for Henderson. Yeah. 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 We're going for... for Jot that down. We're going for Jordan Henderson in goal. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going for Dean Henderson in goal. Right. Let's move on to uh, the back three or four, depending on the players and the opponents. Ollie, I'm, I'll start with you. 
Let's get, give me your defence. So my starting defence going with a four-three-three. So I've got four at the back. I think it's kind of obvious. It's nothing, no surprise there. Again, I've Chilwell and Arnold as your full-backs. Maguire and Kermes as your centre-backs. Maguire's generally played on the left side of defence for United plus left centre-half. So he'd be comfortable in that position. Gomez obviously naturally fits in at right centre-back. Um, and then, if we're going to be switching to a three at the back, I've got a bit of a wild-card choice, actually. I'd be going for Jack O'Connell at Sheffield United at left centre-back, with Maguire centre-back, and um, Gomez right centre-back, and then with the same full-backs playing as wing-backs. I just think with O'Connell, he's played at one of the most defensively solid sides this year. He's an actual left-footed centre-half. He plays left centre-back, which I think is important when you're playing through at the back. And he has both the combination of actually being a good defender and comfortable with the ball at his feet, playing out from the back. So I think it'd be an interesting choice. A bit more experienced and older than someone like Tamori as well. Interesting. Um, I think I agree with Ollie with the back four. If we are doing a four-three-three, I think um, the two centre backs have got to be Maguire and Gomez after like this season. But I think if we do go for the five at the back, like I was saying before, I think that's Walker's, um, you know, his chance to get back in the team because I think in that role in the like for Southgate in the right centre back, he was very effective, and I think that's sort of the best part of his game, like. He doesn't, come, you know, he doesn't have huge amounts of um, assists behind him, and yeah, I just I feel like that's the role that he'll, you know, do best in for the Euros. I think that's his only way into the team. So do you? You definitely take him over Aaron Wambasaka. Um, depend depend on the uh, formation. Yeah. 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 I think if we are if we, if he's going for the five at the back or, you know, a mixture of that and four at the back, I think definitely Walker gets back into the scene. I mean I if I'm departing from my O'Connell choice, I would take Aaron Wambasaka over Walker as the option as the right centre back. Um purely because I'd only move to three at the back in a game where we're coming up against someone like a Belgium where they've got Hazard on the left wing or a team that can really exploit Arnold's weaknesses defensively. And I'd much rather have him maybe Wan-Bissaka doing his role where he's coming over and sweeping up anything in behind Arnold. Um, I'd much rather have him there doing that job than Walker. Like just a job where you're solely focusing on stopping a left winger and getting him behind your right wing back. I think Wan-Bissaka's got the perfect attributes to do that. Yeah, I, I, I think Walker has more, the more experience behind him, though. And cat, like character for the I dressing room. I, definitely, I trust like Walker maybe on the ball and his distribution a bit more, but Wambasaka's defensive ability for in that particular system would just be really intriguing to me. Right, so we're going to probably struggle to agree on the five at the back. We've got some interesting choices, but I think four at the back we can all agree on. Um, Trent, uh, Maguire, Gomez, and Chilwell. Chilwell, yeah. I mean, for me, I think Chilwell is the potential weak link definitely in that but look when you look at the other options compared to the right back options it's just mad isn't it it's it's, it's unlucky yeah because there's some yeah, there's some really good sure. right backs which are gonna gonna miss out i think 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. Okay, well let's let's keep this uh, let's keep this train moving. Let's go into the midfield. So let's let's go with this will sort of divvy itself out in terms of if we're going for a three at the back, we'll have two um, potentially three central midfielders actually. But let's assume we're going for this four three three to start with. So who are they? I three midfielders. I think the, the important thing to note here actually is regardless of the formation it's pretty much going to be the same because obviously the last World Cup you had Henderson in that kind of that single holding role and you had Ali and Lingard as two aides so I think it'll be the same in a 4-3-3 so regardless of that I'm probably going to be going for Henderson, Grealish and Deli Ali um, so Grealish and Ali in the two kind of 3-8 roles where they can, can drift forward support the attackers and then Henderson with a big job in his hands as a kind of specialist holding defender holding defensive midfielder um, what I would add to that though which is maybe the more interesting bit to talk about is if we're playing Henderson in that role where he's perhaps not a specialist in it and he did get exposed at last World Cup against Croatia is that we've got to take a specialist as a backup and I don't know if Declan Rice or Harry Winks can do that and that's likely going to be what Southgate goes for mm. I wonder whether there's any sort of room potentially in games like that. If maybe he was to go and play with like a 4-2-3-1 or something in certain games where he feels like he needs that extra midfielder in there and maybe he just goes for some big shithouse like Eric Dyer or something like that or maybe even moves one of the centre-backs up. You know, so John Stones plays next to him or something like that. We didn't speak about Stones, did we, really? Just... Before, but I, I definitely don't think he's going to be getting into the midfield. I hope not, but <laughs> Southgate won't be making that risk. I don't think, but um, I think my my choice is pretty similar to Ollie. Um Henderson. Obviously, just has to be in that uh, holding role. Um, I think Grealish has had the better season um, between him and Madison. Um, I feel like you know he's got leadership qualities as well, Grealish. I think he's a he's a really good player to bring into the team. Um, it'll be really exciting to have a player like him come in. Um, talent wise, it's hard. You know, it is hard to separate the two. I, I think Grealish had the better season, but like they are both quality players, and I think they both have to go. But I wouldn't put them in the same midfield. I think it has to be. I think you know someone like Ali. He's since Mourinho's come, he's really. He's had a really good season. Um, I think he'll be a huge asset for that midfield. So, yeah, I, I agree with Ollie of that midfield. I think Henderson, uh, Grealish and Ali. That's and what I'd go for. And let's say he's playing with sort of a 3-4-3 th- a three, three, and he's only got to pick two of those centre-mids. Who are you picking? Because um, I'm, I'm going Henderson and Grealish. Yeah. I'm, I'm I dropping Deli Ali. What do you think, Ollie? Yeah, I mean, I think Grealish is a bit more responsible tracking back defensively as well. Ali's almost like a second forward when he's really playing at his best. That's kind of he's playing off the striker. Um, it'd be interesting as well if Oxlade Chamberlain in the squad. He would offer another option if you're just going for a two. Henderson Oxlade Chamberlain as a pivot, kind of pressing together yeah. one presses one sits the other presses you know interchanging that offers see. another option and yeah. obviously the dynamic of the fact they're both playing week in week out together um, so as long as there's tactical flexibility in the squad where you can maybe switch between those systems I'd be pretty pleased 
Um, I just don't want to see Ross Barkley or Harry Winks anywhere near the team. <laughs> I think from like the potential threat of like some of our attacking players, I think some some games Southgate might want you know a bit more stability in midfield, a bit more dominance possession wise and stuff. So I think Winks might get a bit of game time as well. Um, I can just see uh, Southgate favouring favouring him for a few of the games. Me too. I I think that's one of those sort of classic examples where, like with the Pickford one, yeah. I I just see Harry Winks playing absolutely fucking loads in the Euros when he probably shouldn't be. Um, but uh, we always say he's a tidy player and he will you know bring stability, bring a bit of calmness to that midfield. But but he's he, he's he not giving edge? you no he's not cutting edge. But also he's not he's not giving you loads of defensive stability. He's just quite good at sort of get you know he's sort of like a. Uh, keeps it ticking keeps but it ticking, really yeah. you look at what he does on a statistical basis or even just if you really closely watch him he doesn't progress the play enough it will just be a lot sideways balls he doesn't carry the ball enough either like get the ball 20 yards up the pitch dribble him a bit you're not going to see Harry Winks do that but no. is that something that well Henderson would get it forward with like really yeah. good passing Grealish will drive the ball forward Oxley chamberlain will drive the, the ball forward it. Yeah, um, Ali's got you know the spark to do something very special. So yeah, I think can we all agree on that midfield for the four three three? Yeah, I think we yeah. can. Yeah, and one on interest, other interesting well, thing to see is, is whether Loftus Cheek comes back into Chelsea's team next few months, and he if he really puts in some performances, then he's also another really good option. I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, let's move on to the strikers. I mean, the Chelsea just before like the Chelsea team is just so much to prove, don't they? Getting into the top four, um, and like players like we we forget about players like Mount who have had moments this season where they've been on the Grealish Madison level, yeah, um, of potentially making the England team. Um, what do you think about Mount? Do you think he'll be, get taken? I think it feels like we've got loads of players who fit that sort of number eight, number ten profile, and he might just be one too many. That's that's how I feel yeah. about him. I think he's great, and I think he got off to a great start, but he has been a bit quiet. And yeah. you just think there's a lot of there's a lot of young players as well. A lot of players you look at Grealish, Madison, um, you know Chamberlain to a certain extent in their sort of early twenties, and I, I, I don't know. The, 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 yeah, there's something in me that thinks I'd if if you give me the option of and this might sound a bit wild, but if you give me the option of Eric Dyer or Mason Mount, I think I'll take Dyer. Just for a bit more experience yeah, and a bit yeah. more, just a bit of a shit house, and it's not a quality thing. But I think if I, th- I think when thinking about numbers, he's not high up the priority list for me, Mount. Yeah, fair. Um, see right. what see what he does for the rest of the season. Yeah, let's see what he does. Let's see what he does for the Chelsea. Um, let's move on to the strikers because actually the strikers is the, I think we're we're all going to come up with quite similar answers. But there's abs- there's loads of fucking options. Um, which is really interesting. So, Jim, who who are you going for? Your front three. I feel like I'm still, even though Sterling, you know, he's going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment. Um, we'll have to see what you know how bad the injury he's got is, and also you know if he comes back how how he uh, copes with that mentally. Um, but for now, I'll still put him on the left wing. Um, if Kane's fit, I think he has to be. He has to be. Um, playing and I think on the 
To be honest, I don't know the extent of the Rashford injury. Um, is he out for the season, Ollie? I mean, I don't think if he if he does make the Euros, he's clearly not making it in a going into it with a momentum and fitness yeah. kind of way. It's going to be a Wayne Rooney situation where he clearly isn't fully fit and shouldn't probably be playing. So, well, I think I think Sancho probably has to get in that right wing spot. Um, Rashford's had an amazing season up until now, um, but you know, without the consistency of play, um, you know, a bad injury that he played and he shouldn't have played, I think rushing him back would be stupid. So yeah, I think I mean Sancho is playing unreal in the Bundesliga, so I think he'd he'd get in my team. Ollie, any disagreements there? No, I think it's kind of picks itself the really, uh, front three when it's fully fit. Um, and yeah, I think you basically would just see Rashford and Sancho kind of sharing the game time. I think they're both very good impact subs, so interchange between them. The more interesting thing is who replaces Kane and Rashford if both of them don't make it. It's going to seem like a complete disaster going into the tournament if they're both not fit, but there's also some interesting narratives that could have emerged from it as well. We could, I mean, we instantly become underdogs again if that happens so there could be less expectation on us in the tournament which would probably be pretty good for the rest of the team yeah it wouldn't be a bad thing but you say that obviously he hasn't been part of the setup for um a couple of years now but you you know you go and bring jamie vardy back in his top scorer in the premier league i wouldn't i don't i don't agree i wouldn't bring him in i'd uh so the way i look at it now is you've got kane who'd be starting number nine and then i think most people look at him think abraham's gonna go as the second choice striker so you promote Kane, uh, you prefer, promote Abraham, sorry. And then I bring someone like Calvert Lewin in as a second choice striker. Like, who actually, in the system that you're going to play, who can actually do that role, they're more adapt to it than someone like Jamie Vardy. I just, I think Vardy would be quite an emotional kind of decision to bring him in when you could just go for maybe a younger player, less experienced player. You can just do the role of a classic number nine, which is kind of what we need in this team, where you, they get the best out of Sterling and Sancho or Sterling and Rashford. So I if, think especially if like set pieces are sort of on the core um, exactly. factors of our attack, that you know Calvert Lewin will be. Okay, so if I'm saying to you both of you, I want you to have a think about this: Abraham, Calvert Lewin, Ings. How are you ordering them, Jim? Abraham first. Didn't think you'd say that. This hard one. Because I agree with Ollie. I, I do like Calvert-Lewin, but... Yeah, I'm going to put Calvert-Lewin second, then Ings. Ollie? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're my two strikers if Kane isn't fixed. I think they, both, they, they fill in for Kane more exactly than someone like Danny Ings would, as much as I like Danny Ings. I just don't see him leading the line as a number nine and getting the best out with the rest of the attack as what the other two would do. Then if Rashford's out, one suggestion I would have is to have someone like Harvey Barnes go, like a, a pacey winger, quick feet. If has started to score and assist a lot more, he's going to hit that age, I think it's just turned 22 or 23. So it really looks like it's starting to click with someone like him where he's actually getting more goal contributions. What about hudson replacement? Because obviously the temptation is that it'll just take Vardy and Ings to replace both of them. And then I just don't think there's as much balance in the options if you take two more or less penalty box strikers. 
you think there's any chance of someone like Hudson Odoi, or maybe even you, you might think this is this is interesting, Mason Greenwood, based on his form this season, been fantastic. From a purely selfish perspective, I don't want Greenwood to go just because I'm scared of it breaking him, like the pressure the and the scrutiny, and I think it's a bit unfair on him. I wouldn't rush him. And yeah, Hudson Odoi is a good point, but. I'd basically just go off who's in form, who's actually performing. And at the moment, as we speak now, Harvey Barnes is in obviously great form. And he's a little, I think he's a couple years older than Hudson Adoy as well. So that's why I'd go for him. Yeah. Okay. So just to finish off, let's, we, we've got a couple of minutes left. How are we actually feeling about the Euros in England's hopes? Are we feeling optimistic? Are we feeling nervously optimistic? Or are we totally hopeless? No, I wouldn't say I'm hopeless because what happened in the World Cup, but um, I feel like there have been moments where it's it's looked amazing. You know, we've got Rashford in the form of his life, Sterling in the form of his life, we've got Harry Kane, he's just quality. Um, Jordan Henson in the form of his life, Trent yeah. Alexander-Arnold, Joe Yeah, Gomez. sorry, sorry, mate, I forgot about those low-key players. Um, but yeah, I think, and there's a lot of like, this season, like, like teams like Chelsea there's a lot of young English players coming through which are just really like uh, relishing the opportunity in the Premier League but I don't know I think with Sterling out of form Rashford injury Kane injury I don't know there's something not as exciting anymore a bit nervy but I think there's options in, in the there's sense options. that would, would in, in years gone by we'd be sat here having a conversation saying oh, just, just take Glenn Murray or just take Troy Deeney, you know, when you hear that sort of thing on talk sport, just take some big cunt who can, you know, he he can sit on the bench he and come on late in games. And we're not having to have that conversation because, as you say, it feels like there are options and there are guys like Calvert-Lewin and Danny Ings who are in fantastic form and that's a brilliant thing, isn't it, Ollie? We're on the verge of another, you know, golden generation and, you know, let's hope we don't try and just shit house our way to the final with set pieces this time let's hope so <laughs> it's worth considering the fact that not not every other team's going into it with a perfect situation either like if you look at someone like Belgium Hazard's been injured most of the season or hasn't been performing when he has been fit a lot of their players are on the way out the golden generation like company Oliveira over Tongan look at where they are compared to two years ago um, France obviously Popper's not played a fucking game all season that's not very great. It doesn't set them up very well for the Euros. So I don't. I actually am quietly, quite optimistic for England for it. I mean, I think we've got the best right hand side in the whole international football with Sancho and Arnold. And Henderson, who was, I think, a weak link in the World Cup, is now one of our strongest players. So probably the weakest areas become one of the strongest areas, which is always a good thing. Always a good thing. Right, let's wrap it up there, lads. Thank you very much for joining me. I'll see you next time. I prefer really not to not to speak. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. In big trouble. And I don't want to be in big trouble. So, so you know, let's, let's not take the piss here. I, I certainly wasn't. Well, I think you were. But you are. I wasn't. Hey, Adrian! Like Rocky! Only with... Uh, uh, with sex, ma- masochism, then it is uh, allowed.